You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. Hi, my name is Tim Robertson, and this is the MyMac podcast number 231. This week, David and Guy join me in a discussion about Blu-ray on the Mac. Then later, Mark Rudd joins in for a talk about Mobile Me. And finally, Mark stays on with me and David to talk about a report that iPhone apps are only used for 30 days before being deleted. Pretty strange. But thanks for downloading the MyMac podcast. Enjoy. Another exciting Mac world, Mac user, Mac something, Mac format, <laughs> Mac. Oh no, wait, this is my Mac, right? <laughs> MyMac.com. Uh, my name is Tim Robertson. I'm joined by David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Good evening. And Guy Searle. Hello, me and my bus. Hey, you guys remember? Uh, I don't know, maybe ten shows ago, less. I was talking about. Which Mac should I replace my MacBook Pro with? I've got the first generation MacBook Pro 15 inch, and I was thinking, should I go with another 15 or should I move up to a 17 inch? Do you remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I decided to go with another 15. So it is on order. It should be showing up uh, any day, and I can't, I can't wait to get it. Was it the 2.5 or is it, is it higher? No, it's 2.5. Okay. Um, it, you know, it, it ships with a 5300 RPM drive. So is it no, 53? Is it 54? I forget now. 54. 54. That's probably going to be the first upgrade I do to it, that and RAM. Uh, that, a lot of people wonder, is it worth getting a, a higher speed hard drive? And it absolutely is. Especially in a portable, you will see a huge increase in productivity as far as opening stuff and closing stuff and saving, especially saving. Oh, yeah. So if you have a MacBook or a MacBook Pro and you have a 5,400 RPM drive in it, you might want to consider getting a 7,200 RPM. Uh, it will make a, a huge difference, don't you think, David? Yeah, I think so. Um, or, or alternatively, a large drive at 5,400, because if you go up to like the 320 or the 500 gig drives, the data density is going up quite a lot. That can offset the slower spindle speed. But definitely swapping out the default drive for it for something else is going to get you much better performance. Hey, Guy, I saw last week we posted a review of iSticks. What is that? That was oh, from you I- up at MyMac.com. Yeah, that was that was one of the products that we got in the goodie bag from good old Doctor Bot, and gave it. You know, I took it out, looked at it, gave it to my kids, and they had a lot of fun with it. And I, I actually had them give me some feedback on it, which which I had in the review. Not so much that it was from them. The other product was that, that they haven't given it to me yet. Was that small microphone? Ah, like yes, in in Scipio or something like that. Yep. Yeah, my, my son guy is actually writing the review for that. I, he just hasn't sent it to me yet. Ah, so we're going to have yet another MyMac family writing stuff. Yeah, so it'll be Guy, Guy Junior, Guy got, Senior. Yeah, we've got uh, Guy the Third, Russ Walkowich, and uh, his son doing stuff at MyMac.com now. So that's cool. Awesome. Okay, let's jump into uh, feedback. David Cohen, we actually got some feedback that we want to uh, talk about a little bit. We did, yeah. Um, we got a uh, we got a letter here about iChat. Um, so let me just read this out to you. This was from Neil Neil Wharton. Uh, Neil Wharton, who's a, who's here in the UK, uh, and he said no, absolutely not. Well, I, <laughs> no, we, I said we never, it, right? anyway. against, we never held it against Dave, so. Not, not in front of me. Anyway. No, not in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so Neil said through. He said, uh, he said, Tim, I use iChat much like you. My dad has been a recent switcher, so having iChat so I can show him stuff on the Mac via the screen sharing saves me driving over there all the time. Yeah, um, and so that's he a says, huge time saver. <laughs> oh. He says, yes, it's a really it's saver for the environment as well. The screen theater stuff is useful too, as I made up a new iMovie film of some family stuff. Um, and then just dragged and dropped it to the video chat we were having. And hey, presto, both he and my mother could watch it. I didn't know that our chat could do that. Yeah, actually, it's a very cool feature. I've never actually used it with any of my relatives. I have used it with, like, Sam Levin. uh, And I believe I used it with Bill Palmer as well. What happens is, let's say there's a QuickTime movie on your desktop and you want to share that movie with somebody, 
you simply drop it onto the chat window, the video chat. You go away, and they actually watch your video. And it looks that, great. It works really that is well. That's cool. I didn't yeah, even know yeah. it did that. Yep, and it works no, extremely it, And this is a really good feature if you're making some home movies and stuff and you want to share it with your relatives without actually sending them a DVD. You're like, hey, you want to see something I made real quick? I think you'll like this. It's the new baby. You drag that file on there, and they're watching it. They're hearing it. It's great. It's a it's an awesome yeah. feature. Now, of course, it de- does depend on your connection to the Internet. You're not going to do this over a 56K modem. Um, and I would suggest <laughs> that if, if you're on anything less than an N router, uh, it might not look the best. It might get a little janky on you, especially if it's a large file or a big movie, a, a long movie. But if you're on a regular cable modem uh, or you're on an N router, it should be great. I think it would work yeah. fine. And and then he said, of course, after seeing that, my father wanted to know how I did it. So I spent the next half an hour on screen sharing, showing him all the new bits of iMovie and iPhone 09. So, um, yeah, it sounds like he's really making good use of our chat. Now, Melissa, in our Ustream... Uh, Mac Mommy. Mac, the Mac Mommy on our Ustream chat right now is saying that she actually uses it to show her mother pictures from her iPhoto library and which ones that she wants her to send her. That's a fabulous idea. Hey, Mom, Ooh. here's some pictures. Take a look. Tell me which ones you want. Want it, want it, don't want it, no, no, yes, no. You know, that's fabulous. Although, well, if, how, it's the, if it's the grandkids, she wants She wants all. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't say, uh, no, I don't want that one. Why don't you want that one? What's wrong, wrong? with that picture? <laughs> <laughs> all right, go mm-hmm. ahead, David. So um, Neil also said to us that he likes our new format. Um, he's enjoying the more precise format, so thank you very much for that, Neil. Uh, we shall continue to strive to improve the show and uh, and keep it on track. Uh, and he also uh, came back to me. You remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about uh, Mobile Me, and I I was saying that Mobile Me wasn't really cloud computing. Yes. Well, he disagrees with me. He says, I want. To, I beg to differ. I realize it's not to everyone's requirements, but I use it daily. And be honest, it's more cloud computing than most. I can get to all my mobile me services, email, address book, etc., from anywhere in the world with an internet connection. So if that isn't real cloud computing, what is? That's a good point. If, I think so, yeah. If it didn't work this way, I wouldn't have signed up for it. You don't have to have any Macs logged into MobileMe for it to work. You could just have an account and service it all from your web browser like Google. The fact that Apple gives you a MobileMe control panel lets the Mac apps talk directly to the service is an added bonus. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, So... um, yeah, he said it's not for everyone, but because I pay for it and it has a service level agreement wrapped around it, I would personally trust it with my data much more than I would trust a free Google service, which, to be honest, could though uh, could possibly throw your data away and you could have no comeback at all. Um, I, I think he, he does make a point there. You do get you do expect a level of service with uh, with MobileMe because you're paying for it, um, and uh, you know obviously when they launched it, the service wasn't as good as it as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, they continue to improve it, and I, I think they announced recently that they've kind of finished all the improvements to the point that they feel it's it's now fully fit fit for purpose. Well, we're going to bring uh, Mark on in the second segment to talk about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so you know, so yeah. Thank you very much for the uh, for the feedback. I think um, you know, I, I can see where he's coming from. I certainly have never considered using it without having a Mac attached. You know, just signing up for the service and just using the website side of it. I'd never thought of using it that way. Neither have I. So I, I, I kind of no, like but, the idea. Yeah, it kind of makes a fair point. Um, I want to say that if you guys want to send us feedback, you can always send us feedback uh, via email. Tim at MyMac.com, and I'll share it with everybody. Or you can simply follow us on Twitter. I am uh, Twitter.com slash MyMac. Guy Searle? Oh, uh, I am Mac Parrot. Mac Parrot? On, Mac Parrot on Twitter. Sorry, I got lost for a minute. Sorry, I got uh. lost there for a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I was parroting you. <laughs> oh, Squawk? And, uh, and I am uh, I am David B. Cohen on Twitter. I, I got a lot of Twitters last week. Um if you remember last week, uh, Apple released all the new Macs. Right. We actually posted something up on um, Monday from John Farr saying that tomorrow, that this was not a rumor, tomorrow Apple will release a brand new uh, Mac Mini, two models, and four new iMacs. And up to that point, of course, everyone was speculating when these things were going to come out. Most people were saying it's going to be two to three weeks. We said tomorrow. Um, now, I, John Farr posted that, but I actually called John Farr on the telephone 
and asked him if he can blog that for me because <laughs> I was <laughs> I was in the car and I couldn't. I don't want to say where I got the information, but I got the information from a super reliable source. And I wanted to uh, get the scoop, but I also didn't want to do rumors. But because of who the source was, it wasn't a rumor. Um, he said all the right things, so I was 100% confident that it was correct. So, of course, John posted the blog. Uh, I also Twittered it later when I got home. And we got a lot of Twitter feedback from people saying, well done on the Mac Scoop. Uh, a lot of people saying, hey, I heard you guys on Mac Break Weekly. Uh, Leo Laporte last week talked about you guys getting the scoop. Um, so that was kind of cool. It, it's uh, instant feedback for us on Twitter. And uh, you've got some in the past here too, David. I have. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like, um, you know, I like, being able to to talk with the listeners through Twitter, you know, during the week, and you know, I'm, I'm, there's normally a, there's normally a group of a ten or fifteen of us bouncing ideas and comments back to each other, sort of all day, every day, um, and I really enjoy that level of interaction. It's very good. So if you're on Twitter, we would love you to follow us, and we will follow you right back. Um, it, it's just a great way for the Mac community to stay better in touch, and it's a good way for you to send us suggestions of what you would like to hear us talk about on this very podcast speaking about what we're talking about this week guys segment number one blu-ray what's going on mm. with blu-ray david well blu-ray is um you know is kind of the latest obviously the latest um video technology but you know it's increasingly seen in pcs uh, and a lot of people have been querying when Apple will, will support Blu-ray within OS X and actually fit Blu-ray drives to their machines. And the latest we have from, from Apple is, uh, is Steve Jobs' famous bag of hurt comment, which basically says that he's found that the licensing and trying to figure out how to actually you know, do the deal to get Blu-ray into Macs is too difficult, so they're not touching it at the moment. And, you know, I think what he's really talking about there is the Blu-ray content, i.e. movies. Yeah, I don't think that that's what most Mac users want Blu-ray for, is it? Uh, well, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, there are different ways to get video content on a Mac than than via Blu-ray disc. So uh, for me, it's it's all about the data storage. It's that's what I want it for. Fifty gig on a disc. Now I have a, on 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 review an, an otherworld computing Blu-ray drive that yeah, I actually you works did a, with the Mac. Um, yeah. an unboxing of that at mymac.com. That's right. Yeah. So uh, using that with Toast, Toast has Blu-ray support, so you can you can use that as a data storage device. But you know, you have to use Toast as kind of the interface that you, it's not directly supported in OS X, which is a real bummer. So, um, you know, that would be really good to get that 50 gig, those 50 gig discs. You could really do an awful lot with a 50 gig optical drive. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been wanting. Most of my, um, I don't want to say most, but a lot of my movies that I do professionally uh, comes in between, oh, I'd say 40 and 100 gigabytes in size. And with Toast, you can actually break it up over multiple discs. It will span. That's called spanning. Yeah. Uh, which was very important in the early days of the Mac when you had files that were bigger than 1.4 megabytes and you couldn't fit it on a floppy disk. Right. Uh, you can actually span on Blu-ray discs, too. So I want these for permanent storage, as permanent as any optical media can be, um, simply to store my files on. I don't trust everything to hard drives. Do you, Guy? No, but at at the same time, if you're talking about 50 gigabytes, you're you're talking about a lot of disks. And considering that uh, currently, anyway, blank Blu-ray discs are are still very very expensive. You know how uh, how practical is that going to be? Well, the price is going to come down. If you remember, blank DVDs were super expensive as well. Now, obviously, the uh, adoption rate of DVD and blank disc DVDs happened a lot faster than what's happening with with Blu-ray. But eventually those prices will come down, won't they, David? I think they will. Um, it's only a matter of time, you know, particularly as the drives are now becoming more prevalent in the PC side. Um, so, so I think and you can get these single-sided discs, the 25-gig discs, which are uh, a, a little bit cheaper than the 50 gigs. 
Um, and 25 gigs is still quite a lot of storage. If you want to, it's really good for archiving stuff. Yes. You know, if you if it's stu- it's not you know obviously if it's stuff you're gonna um, you know look at regularly or want to get at regularly like photos or videos something like that, then you want to use a hard drive. You don't want to use an optical dr- optical disc. But for stuff you kind of want to store. I mean, if you if you download programs and then you want to store them and the license key so that you've got them for reference, then that you know a, an optical drive is is a very good way of doing that and frankly dvds nowadays at four and a half gigabytes just don't cut it anymore no i'm wondering when blu-ray is going to make it to the mac myself but in a way david it already is because you've got blu-ray hooked up to your mac yeah well as i say you can go to uh, other world computing and they'll very happily sell you a drive in a very professional enclosure with every single kind of input and output on the drive that you would want. You get FireWire 400, 800, you know, eSATA if you want, if you've got a Mac Pro, um, USB 2, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll sell you a drive for, you know, not a huge amount of money. Obviously, there's a premium on these drives at the moment. But, but these if you, don't play movies, though. They don't play movies because the operating system doesn't support that. You can play movies if you fire Windows up and really? you have the right software on Windows. But how do they know, handle the encryption and all that, or is that just on the Windows side? Uh, the, the Windows side deals with that, though. Uh, you know, there's this whole business about the uh, digital, the HDCP stream. So depending on exactly how your Mac is configured, you may find that you don't get the full um, 1080p Blu-ray experience on your screen. Um, which, you know, again, is another reason, I think, why Apple haven't put them in so far, because they'd have to deal with all of that. And let's face it, if you're going to watch a... If you, in, my, in my mind, anyway, if you're going to watch a 1080p movie, the best thing to do is put it in a Blu-ray player hooked up to a big TV. Right. right. If you want your movie, movie. Computer. Yeah, and if you, want to, if you want to bring your high-def movies with you on the road, you can download them now. iTunes right, sells yeah. HD movies. That on a 15 or 17 inch MacBook Pro, look or even great. a 13 inch uh, MacBook, they look they look more than great. They look fantastic, guy. I mean, you showed me uh, what was it the the IT Crowd? Yeah, and you bought that from iTunes, correct? Yeah, I got that from iTunes. And wasn't that just the standard def? Exactly. They, and, uh, and it looked most fine. Of, most of most of what I buy to watch, you know, either on my iPod or. On my computer, I, I, all I do is buy standard def. Yeah, and it was. I, I thought the fantastic quality of it really made me think. I don't need high def for most of my viewing. Now, with some stuff, I want high def. For instance, uh, we went and saw uh, Watchmen last weekend. That's a movie that I'm going to want to buy on HD quality on a Blu-ray dr- drive when it comes out in the home market, just like I did. Um, well, the, you know, my Blu-ray player is my PS3. And right. I only have currently. I only have two Blu-ray movies. I have The Dark Knight, which is no, you know, of course, and I have Three Hundred because that was there was hardly any movies for the Blu-ray player when I got mine. And Three Hundred was one that I liked. And to be honest, I still have only watched about twenty minutes of that movie on on uh, Blu-ray because I saw it in the theaters, and it's just not the kind of movie you watch more than a couple times. No. Um, but I wanted a Blu-ray disc to play it. I wanted to see what it looked like, and it looks fantastic. The Dark Knight is. Personally, I think it looks better here at home than it did when I was at the movie theater. But well, a lot of that depends also on on you know what the the medium is that you're going to watch it on. Well, this is a, it has to be an HD TV, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and we talked a couple shows ago about a lot of shows coming being remastered for Blu-ray, like Star Trek and stuff like that. Um, but some of these old shows, why bother getting a high def version of it? Because you know. It, there's only so much you could do with some of these old shows, right? Well, that's Absolutely. very true. Yeah, you can't you can't put information there there that wasn't there originally. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If it's yeah, you, you can always make it worse, but you can't usually make it better. No, <laughs> it's kind of the same with pictures. I mean, if you start with with a 72 DPI picture that's five inches by five inches, you're not going to blow it up to billboard size level and have it look good. It's just not going to happen. So, I don't know, Blu-ray on the Mac, I don't see it as a big deal. I know a lot of people seem to be wanting that. They seem to be talking about it out there on the internets. Um, I just don't see a big deal of it. I I really don't. Other than storage, I would like the storage capacity because who would have thought that we'd get to a day where we think, oh, 4.7 gigabytes DVD, that's just nothing. I can't fit anything on there. Uh, that's right, But but it's true. It's really true because if I want to back up something to DVD 
and I want to use a program like Roxio Toast to span it across multiple discs, what a pain in the butt that is. Four or five DVDs, and then when I bring it back together, I'm going to need Toast to put it back together. That's just a huge pain. It's, okay, it's, well, now like, think like about that. this. Like f- five years from now, when we have you know petabyte drives, you'll probably be saying the same thing about Blu-ray. Probably, probably. yeah. But, you know, but the thing is, with the cost of hard drives coming down, and there's another technology, and I, I don't, I, we, we've kind of skipped around this, but there's another technology coming really, really soon. It's kind of here already, but it's, it's really expensive, and that's flash drive memory. When we can buy a 50 to 100 gigabyte flash drive card for 30, 40 bucks, that's going to be a game changer. Oh, yeah. I could buy a one terabyte for, you know, 200 bucks and it's a flash drive. Which is going to be faster and a lot lighter. Much faster, much less power consumption. You'll be able to uh, have multiples of these. So why would you need removable media such as... Uh, DVD or Blu-ray. Blu-ray, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think that for storage, flash is going to be the way to go in the very near future. I'm already seeing four gigabyte flash drives for like thirty bucks. I mean, yeah, well, nothing. Even a lot, a lot of these netbooks that are being sold now have you know sixteen to thirty-two gigs of flash memory. You know? <laughs> well, our iPhones do. I mean, so this is not technology that's like in the distant future. What they need to do is they need to give us more of it at a cheaper price, and I think that's going to happen. Don't you, David? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, they're, they're saying in the chat room to, you know, point out that flash drives, you know, do wear and do eventually wear out. But so actually now... Go ahead. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, so does a hard drive eventually. But, well, um, and so yeah. does a optical media. A DVD will wear out eventually. That's right. But, um, but you know, kind of what happens is electrically the uh, the memory, you know, kind of fails. And, I, and so, so it's, all, it's all redundant, and the electronics in the drive kind of figures all that out and makes <coughs> sure it's all used evenly. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, already uh, they're saying with modern SSDs that, they, you know, the, the computer will fail before the drive does. Probably. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're working on that. I think, I, think that well, definitely not is, I think that definitely is the future, though. Having said that, you know, they've been saying that the death of the hard drive is coming any day now for physical limitations. And, and I, say, I on... say that can't happen fast enough as long as my replacement is the same capacity. And, yeah. rel- and relatively inexpensive. Yes. But I, I th- uh, the drive manufacturers have worked very hard and have been very good at finding new ways of getting more data density out of the drives. I so never thought we would see a one terabyte or a 1.5 terabyte drive in, in one day. In disc. a single drive, right? I never thought I would see that. I thought that's, no. When we got up to, I remember we were talking about years and years ago, we were getting up to 100 megabytes on a hard drive, and I thought, man, they're, they're going to hit a brick wall here any time. I mean, 100 megabytes in a hard drive, that's whoo. And here we are, and that's a 100-megabyte drive. Well, well, what's a 100-megabyte drive worth now? 20 cents? Nothing. I mean, it's it's, it's probably worth more to melt it and and take anything, all the metal out of it than it is. I mean, essentially, it's worthless. So uh, we do want to thank Otherworld Computing for sponsoring our show this week. You can check them out at maxsales.com. They still have that sale on those Dell drives that you were talking, or Dell displays you were talking about last week. Yeah. Uh, two hundred forty nine bucks, twenty four inch monitor. That I, that's just an awesome price, guys. Yeah, I love Absolutely. it. That's the you know if I didn't already have all the heart or the uh, monitors that I need, <laughs> I would definitely be looking at this. So well, if I buy guy, if I buy guy that Mac, uh, <coughs> that Mac Mini, I'll, I'll give him my twenty two inch Acer and I'll get one of those uh, twenty four inch Dells for myself. Yeah, why not? I mean, at that price, it's kind of foolish to buy an Apple product monitor. When you can get something for most people, which is going to be just just as good, yep. and uh, a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper. And if you go to the two seventy nine one, you actually get USB ports right into the monitor, so that's always nice too. Uh, never have enough USB ports. I don't know about you guys; I always seem to run out. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this segment. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking with Mark Rudd about Mobile Me uh, with uh, me and David. Thanks for being on the show this week, guy. Oh, no problem. I love it. See you in a week. And we're back. We're joined by Mark Rudd. Hi, Mark Rudd. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, I didn't get a chance to thank you for stepping in for Guy on the very first inaugural 
uh, geekiest show ever. Of course, that's our other podcast. And uh, hey, I really appreciate you just sitting down on that first show. Oh yeah, I I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, it's a different type of show than what we're doing here, and we encourage everybody that listens to the MyMac podcast to subscribe to that one. You'll get the first uh, couple more episodes of Geekiest Show Ever as part of the MyMac um, subscription, but probably after episode four, you're going to have to subscribe to that show. You won't get it anymore. So just a heads up. Uh, another heads up. If you haven't left us a feedback at iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Just go up there and do a quick review of our podcast. We'd... Uh, uh, really, really appreciate that. I always remember to say that when Mark comes on the show. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> well, say it at all last week. It's good to know I'm good for something. You're good for something, absolutely. So mm-hmm. we're talking about Mobile Me. A um, lot of problems with Mobile Me this uh, this past year. Uh, you remember when the 3G iPhone came out, Mobile Me launched the same time, and it was just a, a, an unmitigated disaster. I mean... Um, if I'm remembering right, didn't someone actually lose their job at Apple because of that? Uh, I think I think heads rolled, and yeah. there was a, a robust discussion after the first few days with Steve Jobs and uh, the team who were responsible for it. Where effectively he, uh, you know, he kind of read them the right act and said it wasn't um, it wasn't acceptable. So uh, yeah, then, you know that that's uh, you know I mean when. <laughs> Bearing in mind that that uh, that Steve Jobs has a reputation for for seeking perfection, I wouldn't have wanted to be in those guys' shoes. At that well, time. it was de- it was definitely uh, a situation where they Apple lost some credibility and they they had to backpedal quite a bit. I think it still affected some people's attitudes towards them, but but they took on too much and and now they're trying to make some of these improvements to the product and uh, maybe get some people back, maybe bring some new people in. Well, let's let's talk about bringing people in because um, we're probably of two different thoughts here. I'm of the thought that um, mobile me just isn't worth a hundred dollars a year for me. I have canceled my subscription. Um, I'm no longer a mobile me user, and quite honestly, other than the the bookmark syncing feature, I don't miss it at all. Period. Don't miss it. Uh, I think where I, are you guys yes. at? Well, no, I'm in a similar place, and I think this is the problem that that uh, MobileMe has suffered from now. Is that you know, all of us who are having issues with it. I mean, Apple has given, you know, I think in Apple about two, three months extra subscription to compensate people for the problems. But I, because it was unreliable, I reached the point that I found alternatives, and and those alternatives don't cost me any money. That's it, so that's now, it right there. It, what, yeah, you know, I think MobileMe is suffering from an identity crisis. Apple is really good at giving us stuff we want before we even know we want it. But mobile me is just the opposite. It's almost like they're trying to give us something that they think that we already want, but we already have, we already have free versions of everything that mobile me offers. And it's not costing us a dime, Mark. Well, and that's absolutely the case. I mean, I, I used MobileMe uh, for quite some time. I tested it out fully, and, and there are some values there. I mean, y- you know, if you want to spend the money, you know, there are some the, some seamless compatibilities and some things that can be synced in a little bit better way. And of course, you have the iDisc things that you can find everywhere else for free, but Apple, for the person who wants to spend the money, gives you the ability to do it all within your systems and wherever you are. With that being said. Uh, I have found that uh, you know these other competitors like uh, Google with Google Sync and and some of the things that they're doing with their product. Many other companies that are now kind of coming to the market with free products. I've found them all to be as good, if not superior, to what I had with uh, Mobile Me. And for a hundred dollars a year, it just wasn't worth it. And don't you think that Mobile Me should be included free for every Mac user? I agree. I, I, I mean, I can see why Apple would say no because, of course, they're there to make profit. But I think that if you used it that way as as a tool to try and bring people into the to the Mac family, I think that would be a great tool. And of course, that's something that they could, I think, justify. I mean, if they wanted to, but uh, maybe maybe that's something somewhere down the line that they'll do. What do you think, David? Uh, 
I I could see them maybe putting in. Uh, I mean, you can already get a, a is it a month or three months free with a with a Mac, but I could see them maybe, you know, extending that up to six months. But I, I don't ever see them giving you a you know giving you a twelve months for free because, you know, it, it's it, again it's about it comes down to the premium pricing strategy. They want to have a a product that they they say is better than everyone else's, and therefore they can justify charging the fee for. The difficulty, I, I, as I say, is is that you know I I, I found I can live without it. Uh, exactly, and and it's for me to justify, um, you know, putting the money down now. So I've actually I have actually gone in and, and then amended my account so it won't auto renew. Yeah, I had to do that um, as well. Actually, my yeah, credit card totally. was expiring. I just didn't upgrade the credit card, and mm-hmm. they kept giving me the warnings. Your credit card isn't working. I'm like, yeah, because that one's expired, and I'm not giving you my new one because it's just not worth a hundred bucks a year to me. Now that's it, not much money when you break that down. What I mean, what is that? Eight bucks a, a month. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it just wasn't worth it to me. Now, is it a hundred pounds in the UK or is it fifty pounds? No, it's. Um, I think it's sixty nine pounds. So they um, are they are compensating for the, the discrepancy in the currency. But, yes, but stop and are. stop and think a, a minute, guys. About you know, in this uh, down economy, and when people are looking for a better value, stop and think what Apple could do if they wanted to. You know, they're obviously improving some of their hardware as well. But if they wanted to say, okay, you know what, uh, in this economy, uh, we, we want to do a favor to the person who's looking for the computer but looking for a little bit better value, and they decided to include that at a certain date with all new Macs, they could do that, and they could do a, uh, gain a lot of credibility and favor in the so. public. I don't you think, don't think so. so. No, because I don't think anybody's buying a Mac saying, oh, I'm going to get mobile me with this. I, I no. think the average new Mac user... Even if they come from uh, the PC market, they don't know what MobileMe is. And when they learn about it and they find out that it costs 100 bucks, and they look what right. they get, they're just not interested. I think that MobileMe uh, got most of their users when it was a free service called iTools. Right. And when it became uh, .Mac, everybody – well, not everybody, but a lot of people grumbled. Well, it's bait and switch. Now they're going to charge us right. something that, that was free. But a lot of people went ahead and, and got it anyways. I would include myself into that. Yeah. And then uh, after the Mobile Me fiasco, when it was renamed yet again for the third time, uh, a huge fiasco simply wasn't working. Apple tried to make nice by giving us all two or three free months. I, th- I think that Mobile Me is just losing people left and right. And, and how does Apple sell this to the new Mac user out there? I don't. I can't see that they would have any luck. I mean, well, what's I the think, I think I think they sell it as an added value service in the Apple Store. Yeah. If you, you know, if somebody's new to the Mac and they're and they're they're buying a Mac, then it's it's probably easy for them to add that to the cost and say, well, okay, you buy a new MacBook, um, you know, we can we can throw you in a mobile me subscription on top of your invoice, um, and you know, in the percentage terms, it doesn't sound like an awful lot, and you get all these features, and of course they can demonstrate it there and then, but the and and of course the thing is is that, is it you know if you do sign up for it and you have got an auto renew on your credit card, yeah, then you have to you have to take the action to actually stop that. Well, uh, that, that's automatic too, by the way. It, when you sign up for it, it automatically gives you uh, auto renew. It it kind of hides that feature. Yeah, so, so yeah. That, so that's the, the only the, way I see it as a as a workable unit for Apple as a value add. But it would have to have to be without cost. Well, that's the only know, way I can see them using it. Mobile Me is still relatively new; it's not even a year old yet. But quite honestly, they're going to have to offer a whole lot more as part of the Mobile Me experience to woo me back. And now, don't get me wrong; I'm a huge Apple fanboy. I mean, I've been publishing MyMac Magazine, MyMac.com, since 1995. So I've given Apple literally probably millions of dollars of free PR. Um, right. That being said, they're not getting 100 bucks a year from me for this. They're just not. It's not going to yeah. happen. It's not worth it. No, not the to o- me. The only, the only place I see where it can add value to, to maybe a, you know, a less technical user is the, you know, the gallery functions, being able to publish stuff from iPhoto and that sort of thing. Yeah. It, is, it is very slick, and you get a very nice-looking web page um, without having to really put any effort in whatsoever. And I think that, that is worth it to some people. Um, you know, the more technical of us will quite happily go out and buy a GoDaddy domain and then figure out how to get um, stuff out of iPhoto up onto there. Or even a use- free, you know, what's the service that we use for uh, Geeky Show Ever, Mark? WordPress. WordPress. Yeah, WordPress. that's free. Yeah. yeah. But, but you, you need to be a bit more of a savvy user to, 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 to get to that. 
just yeah. a little bit more. Not a huge amount more, but just not a, a lot. Little, though. Not, not a lot. lot. If yeah. I can do it, pretty much anybody yeah. can. Yeah, I know, but, uh, but uh, don't sell yourself you know, short. My 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 parents, for instance, would never would never do that. Yeah, and yet they can figure out how to post photos from iPhone. Right. So the using Mac MobileMe account. The Mac Mommy is asking, how do I use my uh, iPhone without MobileMe? Well, my uh, email address isn't the one that Apple supplies us with. I've owned MyMac.com for so long that I've had the same email address, you know, since the dawn of the internet. That uh, if you set up your email account within Mail, Apple's Mail. That will automatically sync with the iPhone, so it's, right, it's, right. A, it's a no-brainer. And, 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 and Google and remember, is helping a lot. Well, Google yeah, as well, Google, but remember Yahoo. Uh, well, Yahoo, Yahoo had push mail on the iPhone before MobileMe right. ever well, came out. Yep. So I don't know. MobileMe, hundred bucks a year. I just don't see the value in it. Um, I would really be curious on the listeners out there. Do you guys find value in MobileMe? Is it worth? a hundred dollars a year or 69 pounds a year for you let us know send us email tim at mymac.com or um you can also twitter us i am mymac at twitter david you are uh, david b cohen and what are you mark my mac mark oh wait Ooh, my mac mark oh eight so we're gonna uh, wrap this segment up we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about the iphone we've uh we've kind of ignored the iphone the last few shows and uh this is a, a really interesting article that you pulled up, David, and uh, I think it warrants a full segment. So we'll be right back with that. MyMac.com. Nico, my cousin! Welcome to America! Come, check out the MyMac podcast with Tim Robinson with me. You will love it! <laughs> MyMac.com. And we're back. Uh, David, uh, you're still with us. Mark, you're still with us. David, you came across an article uh, a couple weeks ago that you forwarded to me, and we saved it for this show. And I, and I found it really, really interesting and uh, something that we definitely need to talk about because we're all Absolutely. iPhone users. So what was the article? What was the gist of the article? The, this, this was by a, by a media company who had been doing some research uh, and basically had, uh, using their tools, had figured out that they reckon that most people who buy iPhone apps use them for a maximum of 30 days and then don't really use them after that. Uh, and so, um, you know, they were kind of they were they were looking at this in particular in in relation to the cost of iPhone apps and trying to say whether, a, you know, a ninety nine cent um, loss leader iPhone application was good value and whether that was good value for developer or whether you should charge the higher price. But I I, I found the whole you know made me stop and think about my own application usage on my iPhone and you know does that actually tally up with with the way I use it and and the applications I use on mine. So I thought it'll be interesting for you know just take a straw poll between the three of us and figure out you know um, how many of the apps we buy we actually use more than a few times now buy uh, or or, or well, the free you, ones. The, the well, even we even if it's a free one, if it if it okay. if it's something that has some sort of value gotcha. to you, not don't worry too much about the cost of it. But okay, you know, right, gotcha. Um, so let's start you know, with you, we, Mark. We, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as I was surveying what I have on my iPhone, yeah. um, how I many have pages do you have in your iPhone? Three pages. I have a total of <coughs> twenty non-included app, meaning you know, you have that the right. apps that you get party. from Apple. So I have twenty third-party apps. Yep. Out of those twenty. I have five of the apps that I use regularly. What about the other ones? I mean, how and often so, are you so, using those? So then, yeah, so then the other, uh, the other portion of the 20, I use probably uh, once every few weeks uh, for various purposes. Now, if we went into your iTunes library, mm -hmm. do you have iTunes launched right now? Yes. Okay, go into applications. How many are there? So under my applications for my iPhone... I have the same, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. It should say right at the bottom of your screen. 21. Okay. So whatever's in your iTunes is what's on your iPhone. Right. So yeah, I'm you're pretty talking good about, about one-fourth of everything that you've downloaded or bought, mm -hmm. you're actually right. using on a daily basis. Yeah, about so a quarter. So a quarter. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about you, David? Well, I've probably got about 35 apps. Mm -hmm. uh, and on your phone. I'm, on my phone. Okay. Um, and that's and that's the same number I have in my iTunes library, 
And of those, using on a regular basis, I would say there's probably about seven that I'm actually using regularly. Do you want to go through the let, – let's back up to, to Mark. Mark, how many? what are the applications that you actually use? So, again, not a cons- I think that this discussion gets put into two different parts. The Apple included no, apps, no, what he no, used? No, 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 we're not talking no. about and that. These. This is just third-party stuff. Just okay. third-party. So, yeah, just because third I use party my ones. iPhone app and my phone app and my yeah. Safari. I use those Safari. all the time. Yeah, every day, all the time. Okay. Okay, so out of the third-party apps, I have uh, a, a program, uh, an app that's called Fring, which is, again, allows you to make Skype calls via Wi-Fi on your iPhone. Was so that free or... Yeah, well, it was free when I got it, and we uh, we posted for everybody to go get it. But now it, uh, I don't think it's free anymore. I think you have to buy it now. Okay. Um, yeah. The second app, which I use all the time, is called Easy Wi-Fi, and that is the app that allows you to go into uh, Starbucks or places that have Wi-Fi, and you put your information into it, and then it <coughs> automatically logs you in to the Wi-Fi service without having to go through all jump through all the hoops to do it. I use that one all the time. So it's kind of a location-based. Okay. Exactly. It, it basically it allows you to log into Wi-Fi, puts all your information there, and it was free when I got it. It's not free anymore. Okay. Um, then Shazam, of course, I yep. use that quite a bit, which we all do. So those are the. And, and many, one more. Yeah, okay. One more is Text Editor, uh, which is a, a program that allows me to edit files and syncs it with uh, Google Docs, so forth and so on. So it's kind of like a word processor for my iPhone. That's, that's kind of strange because I. Uh, uh, one of those apps I use. I don't use any of the others. So what about you, David? Uh, let's see. The, the the ones I use the most are Tweety for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Twitter client. NetNewsWire for RSS feeds. And I, I literally, those two I use literally probably an, at least two hours a day, each of them. I mean, I use them a lot. Um, I've just started using the Amazon Kindle app, and um, obviously because I'm reading books in there, so, so that one's going to get a lot of use. We'll talk about that uh, on a future show, too. That's yeah, definitely yeah, that's a, a, that's a yeah. separate, the separate yeah, topic. That's a good show. Topic. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a Shazam I use a lot as well. Um, I have a pregnancy monitoring app for my wife at the moment. So that's yeah, but you'll only use it. that for a few more months. <laughs> that, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, only, use that until, only use that for a couple more months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the eBay app I use a fair bit as well. Um, but that's Interesting. Much what it. I just heard from you guys is no games. Right. Uh, well, I have games on here, but, you know, this is one of the things when I start thinking about this. I, <laughs> I have probably about, you know, eight or nine games that I really like and I've paid for, but I just don't sit and play, play them very often. Okay. Right. My turn. Um, I have three pages. Um, I have uh, 30 items that's not Apple software. In my iTunes library, I have 125 apps. <laughs> uh, some of them are paid for. In fact, a lot of them are. Um, and, I, and I'll say honestly that the ones that you have to pay for generally are better apps than the ones that you get for free. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I'll definitely. give a shout-out to the app that I you know, came up with the idea for, Big Words. Although, quite honestly, I don't use it all the time. I just don't find a need for it. Uh, although I did use it, just like Mark Rudd did, uh, on the night of my anniversary dinner with my wife, our wedding anniversary dinner. Um, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the waitress, and we could see her <laughs> exactly. chatting with someone. And she kept making eye contact with me, but she just simply wasn't coming over. So I, I flipped out big words, and I went, check, I love please, it. and I held it up just like your picture mark. <laughs> and she laughed, came over, and asked what I did that with. She was just really impressed. So, there you go. Uh, so I'll give big words a shout-out. Exactly. Out of all those applications, obviously I've got you know a quarter of those applications actually on the iPhone. But of the ones that are on my iPhone, I only use about, oh, seven or eight of them on a regular basis. Uh, And I'm going to parrot a lot of what you said, David. Number one that I use more than any other third-party app is Tweety. I love Tweety. I love the Tweety iPhone app more than I like using the web-based on Safari on my computer. Obviously, I like typing on the computer better, so that's what I tend to go with if if I have a choice. But I love Tweety. I love... It works really well to simply scan down quickly to see what people are saying, a one-click button to see any replies, and a one-click button to see any direct messages to you. So Tweety, and I think I spent one ninety-nine for it. I, I don't remember the price, but after your recommendation, David, I, I went and downloaded it, and I love Tweety. It, it yeah. is by far the best Twitter application for the iPhone, bar none. Yeah, definitely. And I'm friends with the guys at, um, in, in fact, I'll even go so far as to say 
I moved my uh, my mail application off of the dock and I put Tweety in there. Yeah. Because I just don't use the mail on the iPhone very much. So, you know, if you look at my iPhone in the dock, it's phone, Safari, Tweety, iPod. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that's how much I use Tweety. I really, really like it. Uh, moving on, uh, AIM. I actually do use AIM on the iPhone quite a bit. I've set it up now because the AIM client on the iPhone will let you log in and stay logged in for 24 hours. And if anybody yeah. sends you a message, it will actually send an SMS to you saying, hey, you just got uh, a text message on AIM. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. AOL Radio, I use it at least once a week. Uh, I really like listening to the comedy channel on there. Uh, I get a lot of value out of it. Shazam, I use not as much, but I, I like having Shazam on there. It, it works extremely well. It's handy. It's very handy. I like the Facebook app. Um, it's not as good as actually visiting Facebook on the internet on your computer, but if I'm somewhere and I just want to see if someone sent me a message, I want to get updates from people. uh, I think it's a great app and it works better. I think in a lot of ways than the MySpace app, I have MySpace, but I've pretty much given up at MySpace. In fact, if you go to my MySpace page, it says, find me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Rolando, I love this game. It is a very, very fun game. I've been playing it probably once every two days, but I will only go a little ways into it and then stop because I don't want to finish the game. <laughs> I don't want right. to start over, and I don't, I don't want it to end. So I'm taking my time with Rolando, and it's it's just a really fun game. The best game on the iPhone, bar none, that I play once a day at least is Field Runners. I love, love Field Runners. It's a fantastic game. If you guys don't have Field Runners for the iPhone yet, go buy it. It's worth every single penny. In fact, it was up for Game of the Year, and not iPhone Game of the Year, but Game of the Year in a a couple different online um, video game shows or web pages. That's how good this game is. It, it, It was competing with games like Grand Theft Auto 4. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> that, and that's saying something. Um, yeah. I also like Warfare Incorporated, and I know Chad Perry, <clears throat> ex-co-host of the show, was uh, quite often playing that as well. But the one that I probably use the most is Remote, because I use my Apple TV every single day. And I like the remote application for that on the iPhone much better than the small little remote control for the I, uh, for the Apple yeah. TV. Remote is one yeah. of those applications that I love, but now that's not third-party. So, but I love remote. So I got to give it, I got to give that credit and because it just works. Um, But that's really the ones that I use the most. There's a lot of stuff on here that I want to use, like the Ustream client. But if, if, if I'm at a Wi-Fi hotspot, it might work pretty good. But if I'm not, I'm on a first generation iPhone. It's just not fast enough. Most of the time it it caches and slows down and I don't know. But there's some stuff on here that I always have because if I just want to play a quick game, um, LED football is like an old Mattel electronic football game. Yeah, I I have LED football, and I really like that as well. It's fun. And I have the Kindle app, too, but honestly, at this point, I don't have any any books for it. Uh, I keep wanting to go in and and download some chapters and and get some free stuff just to check it out. But I don't know. Reading a book on the iPhone just doesn't sound very appealing to me. It just doesn't. Well, when I, when I, I... mentioned on Twitter that I bought the app. My my brothers both followed me on Twitter and they started uh, ragging on me and, you know, they were saying, oh, you're going to need glasses again and all this sort of thing. Um, I'm, I'm reading the Zombie Survival Guide at the moment on, on the, the Kindle app. That's, uh, that's the book, the first book that I bought and I'm really enjoying it and I'm finding it pretty easy to read. Uh, on there, but you know, I, I, I do appreciate it's a bit of an acquired taste, and I'd much, much rather have a real Kindle to be reading the books on, to be honest. But um, they don't, they don't have, they don't have those Sorry, over here. I just got buzzed so. by a Tie Fighter there. Yeah, I can yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah, this this um, is the, the Star Wars app that I've been using since it came out. It was free when I got it. I think it's yeah. still free. I can't imagine anybody wanting to pay money for that, but. It's now, one, like that. I mean, it's one application that I that I didn't uh, note that is one that I use, and it's real close to being regular, uh, maybe every other day as opposed to every day, is the Pandora application. Yeah, a lot of people uh, like that. It's yeah, very similar to uh, Shazam. I, I just like Shazam a lot. Yeah. The thing, the thing I find with the with the, I'm the games and that sort of thing is that I find because the 
if it was an iPod, if I had an iPod Touch, I would probably play the games more. But because yeah. I'm an iPhone and I have effectively permanent internet connectivity. Yep, I'm with you. I'm always on the internet, yep, so uh, I don't have time to play games. And, 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 you know, I could tell you when, when I uh, if I get to the school early to pick up the kid in junior high, and I've got like five minutes, I'll pull out my iPhone and I'll fi- fire up Twitty. That's just what I'll do yeah. every single time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll fire up Facebook, check that real quick. But it's, it's just one of those things that once you have an iPhone, you realize how much better it is than an iPod Touch because you're always connected to the Internet. Everything right. is right there. Your, your well, email, your Internet, everything is just there. And I do. I use it, uh, the, the browser, you know, for Safari as well as Mail. I, I, I use those more on a daily basis than I use even in those uh, apps on my computer. So, But um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so to, to wrap this segment up, David, what do you think about the study? Do you think it's pretty accurate? I mean, just this is a straw poll right here. It sounds like it's exactly accurate. It yeah, sounds, sounds right I, on. I agree with it. But I, whether that means that there's no value in these other applications, which I think was what they were trying to suggest, that, you know, that the, a lot of the applications people buy are kind of a fad thing and, you know, they use them a couple of times and they never look at them again. I'm, I'm not sure that's true. No, I, I think, think it that is, that's no, not Yeah, I wouldn't agree accurate. with that. Yeah, I, th- I think it is a case of, you know, competing priorities and, and frankly, you know, it's, it says something about the iPhone and the iPod Touch as a as a you know fully featured device that there's so many different competing content streams for your attention. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact, of course, you've still got your music and video on there. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I right, don't keep you know, too much video on there anymore, honestly, because of the games were starting to take a little bit more space than I was expecting. Yeah. That I really had to cut down on the the number of uh, iTunes songs that I was putting on my iPhone. That movies just kind of went away. That was like the, the the bottom rung. What do I not do on the iPhone more than anything else? Yeah. Movies. I kept two family videos on there just because. And um, there's a couple of things I want to do in iPhoto 09, exporting the screensaver thing to it, um, yeah. that I want to do that too. But it really, it's a space issue for me. I've only got an 8-gig iPhone. If I had a 16-gig yeah. iPhone, well, I would probably leave more applications on there. Yeah, well, I've got the 16-gig, and, and I basically I carry a fair amount of video around with me and quite a lot of video podcasts as well. Uh, and I'm watching those all the time too. Yep. So I, I I just think you know the the applications is uh, you know you've got to bear in mind that people will be doing a lot of different things with their iPhone. But just because the app, I mean some of the applications I have are, are things I only need occasionally. You know I have train times and and, and London tube maps and that sort of right. thing. I only need those when I'm traveling. I don't and, need. And to. that being said, I think the same thing could probably be said with applications on your hard drive on your computer. How many of the yeah. applications on your hard drive do you actually use on a daily basis? I bet it's much smaller than 25%. I, I, would, I would bet you that on a daily basis you're using 10% or less of the applications actually on your computer. And yeah, everything else using, is for when you need it. And yeah, I'm using this. Those yes, things yeah. that are in the dock and um, probably not, not very much more than that. Right, yeah. But you, you have other stuff on there for when you need it. And I think the, the same is true with the iPhone. When you need it, you want it on there. Exactly. Or at least you want to be able to sync it and put it on there quickly. That's why I have 125 applications in iTunes, but only you know 30 actually on the phone. And it's because, you know what, I'm going to go away. I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. I want to put a couple of extra games on here that I bought, like Asphalt Racing 4 or a Bugdom 2 or whatever. Right. I'll just simply sync those up to it real quick. And it doesn't take hardly any time, and I'm good to go. So. And just like with the eBay application, I, I may not use it all the time, but if, if, if I'm looking at an auction or two and I'm gone somewhere, that, that program becomes very critical because, you know, you don't have your computer with you. So we may not use all of those applications as often as some of the others. I think the percentage, I think the article hits the percentage right, but I think there's still a great value to those other applications uh, or they wouldn't be on there. Well, we got to wrap up the show right now. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mark, David, and Guy for being on the show this week, and we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the MyMac.com podcast. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>